Good morning, Christ Central Church. Grateful to be here to give you the word this morning. As Aaron said, my name is Chris Cooper, and I'm the campus minister at RUF at North Carolina Central University. Um, and I am just ecstatic about what the Lord is doing at this particular time and moment, uh, giving us an opportunity to come before you through video to bring the gospel. Before I get started, I just want to say thank you to the Christ Central Church for all of the support, the prayers, the giving, everything that you have done for us at RUF at North Carolina Central University. It's because of you that you have allowed a lot of things to happen and for the gospel to march forward on a college campus. Now I'm going to begin to look at our scripture this morning, which is found in Psalms 56. We'll be reading the first through the 13th verse. So if you have your Bibles or your phones this morning, please get them out as I read through. It starts by saying, be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they injure my cause. All their evil thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife, they lurk, they watch my steps. As they have waited for my life, for their crime will they escape? In wrath cast down the people, O God. You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. In God whose word I praise. In the Lord whose word I praise. In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will tender thank offerings to you, for you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. We know that the word of God says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of God. So let us partake in the bread this morning. But first, I'll pray. Father God, just grateful to be here this morning, Father God. Grateful that you allowed us to wake up and have the breath of life. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, do the work you are designed to do. We ask that you bring those things in remembrance that's needed, Father God, when it seems like we forget who you are. Be a light into our pathway and a lamp unto our feet, Father God, when it seems like darkness is coming around us. Holy Spirit, soften the hearts of men so that the word of God may be a seed that's firmly rooted in our hearts, so that we may be a tree for your glory and not for ours. Put Chris Cooper behind the cross and allow your glory to show forth this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As we look at Psalms 56, we must understand what's going on in the background. In 1 Samuel 21st chapter, we we come to a point where David is in a hopeless situation. 
See, David has been banned by his covenant people. King Saul is in pursuit for his life because he has heard that God had anointed him to be the next king of Israel. And while this is happening, David is actually about to go into enemy territory. He has been captured by the Philistines and brought before their king. So at this very moment, David is being pursued by those who he grew up with, those who loved him, you know, those who have been in his life, and also he is in enemy territory, captured before the king, and I can see him right now. He is in a hopeless situation. As we think about this, imagine you were in David's place. How would you react when you see that darkness is all around you? How would you react? Would you trust God or would you cower? Would you allow yourself to just let the circumstances take you out? Or would you say, Father God, I will trust you. This psalm today, Psalm 56, deals with that. And and we see it deal with that. And and we're going to glean some points from the text this morning to help you get through See, the first thing we notice in Psalms 56 is we notice that David makes it clear that suffering is a part of life. Suffering is a part of life. In the beginning, verses 1 through 6, David uses key words and phrases that lets us know that this is supposed to happen. He says, the enemy tramples on me. The attacker oppresses me. They have thoughts that are evil against me. It seems like in the situation that he is in, hopelessness is pursuing him. It is, he's looking all around and he can't see a way out. But don't you know the word that sticks out to me is the fact that he tramples me. Now, when we think of the word trample, most of the time we we think of a show or we think of, you know, traveling or going to a particular event when you're in the building and each building has exit signs. And most of the time they tell us in case of an emergency, in case if something happens or a fire happens, make sure you do not panic. We don't need a chaotic situation. Walk towards the exit sign. But we all know that at that very moment, if something was to happen, if a fire was to break out, we would try to stay calm. But surely enough, some of us would start running and and walking towards the exit sign. Now, at this very moment, a hazard happens. If, If somebody falls on the ground, what's scary about the situation is since everybody is running or everybody is walking fast towards the exit sign, that individual who is trying to get up would be quickly pushed down by the feet that are walking over them. They are getting trampled on. And and many times when we think of this word, David is letting us know in our life, what is trampling you right now? Maybe it's the constant arguing in marriage where where you have to face right now because of COVID-19. Maybe it's the stress of your kids because now you have to be a teacher, but also you have to be productive at your job through the Zoom screen. Maybe it's your emotional state because you've been isolated. You can confine to your living space and, and you're having a hard time dealing with it. Maybe it's because you can't get up on Sundays, go to Haiti to the church, and be around a community of believers to encourage you. You're trying to get up, but it seems like the feet of life keeps trampling upon you, and it seems like, man, I just can't do it. I I can't get up, Father. I can't see you. 
But don't you know, in our walk, in bearing this cross of Christ, suffering is a part of life. You are going to have some mountaintops, but you're also going to be in the valley. And at this very moment, David is in the valley being trampled upon. The great thing about this is that as we move towards verse 8 through 11, he understands that suffering is a part of life, but he also lets us know that while you're suffering, God will be right there with you. In the 8th verse, David says, you have kept count of my tossings. Uh, You put my tears in your bottle, and are they not in your book? Come to the realization that during this time, you're going to have emotional turmoil. You're, you're going to cry. You're, you're going to have moments where you're sitting on your patio, your step, or whatever it may be in your room, that you're just going to be like, Father, I need you through the suffering. But also understand that he sees you. He's next to you. He understands the tears that you have. In bringing this point across, I, I would like to bring an illustration to you about my mom. Now, I remember when I was young, man, we stayed up in the church all the time. We probably were there, you know, four days out of the week of seven. We would go to choir rehearsal on Tuesday, Bible study on Wednesday, probably have an event on Thursday. Some type of day was happening on Saturday, and then we were prepping for Sunday. Well, most of the time, man, while we were driving in a car, we had to go through a highway called I-95. And many times when we were coming back from the church on Tuesday from choir rehearsal, our mom would be driving us and a song would be in her heart. Now, me being a kid in the background, you know, we really didn't pay attention that much. But we did understand that by looking at our mom sometimes, she was dealing with a situation. She was dealing with one of those tramplings of life. And, and, and as my mom started singing, as she started just praising her Savior, she would be crying these big alligator tears, snotting at the nose, just singing the song and, and saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, and as a kid, we quite we didn't understand this because we were afraid, right? We're on a highway going 60 miles per hour. My mom is crying these alligator tears. And we were in the back praying, but we wasn't praying, thank you, Jesus. We were praying like, Lord, let us get home, please. Because I don't know how this is happening and how this is safe. But as my mom went through the turmoil, as she kept crying, we finally made it home. And when she got home, she would wipe her tears and she would have a joy about her. She would have a a new face, just a new essence about her. And she was confident in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, this illustration showed me as a child that, yes, you will have tears of sorrow. Even Jesus Christ had tears of sorrow. He cried when he looked over Jerusalem and saw the state that they were in. He cried when Lazarus died and and his best friend died, and he just sat there in his grief and cried. He cried in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, not my will, Father, but your will. And in looking at that, your tears is going to open up a way for you to let go and activate your faith and your trust in God. See, my mom, through the tears, let go of the sorrow, let go of the pain, let go of the thing that was weighing her down. And what she did was say, I'll trust in you. 
David had the same response. See, you see in verse 4 and in verse 10 through 11, David goes on to say, In God's word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. When you're fearful and afraid, when, when you feel like the enemy has you in a hopeless situation, when you feel like you have nothing to say, all you have to do is cry. He bottles your tears. He sees you. He knows you're wandering around looking lost. He sees you. He's there with you. And don't you know it? It is in his book. He is right there through the situation. You can continue to praise. You can continue to trust. And you will not have to be afraid. Just let go and let God hold on to his unchanging hand. So, so right now, you may be dealing with the suffering in your life, which is a part of the walk. And right now, you may be crying, but you need to understand that Jesus is right along with you. He's right there with you. But in order to trust in him, you must also to remember what he has done for you. In verse 12 to 13, we find in the scripture that David writes, I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will tender thank offerings to you, for you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. You got to remember what he has done to you like David did. I love the 12th verse in particular, which David says, I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will tender thank offerings to you. He, he knows that he's in a hopeless situation. He knows he has activated his trust in God. But guess what? During those moments, sometimes you just don't feel like carrying on the righteousness of Christ. You just don't feel like bearing your cross. But you still have to walk forward. In trusting God, you still have to keep going. You still have to maintain that covenant relationship with him and you still have to give thanksgiving. You can still be grateful and thankful to God while going through what you're going through. Then he says, you have delivered my soul. We know that Jesus Christ is a deliverer to us. He, he has kept us in his light. He has kept us walking in his life. He keeps our feet from falling. Even when it feels like we're about to slip, he is right there to carry us in, and we'll walk with him. Ephesians 2.4 says, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. It's no greater falling than when you didn't know Christ. It's no greater falling when you were walking deep in sin. It's no greater falling when you couldn't even see God for who he was. But he regenerated our hearts and he gave us life with Christ so that we can be saved. By his grace, he gives us strength to make it from day to day. If you're hopeless at this time, 2 Corinthians 1 chapter 10 verse says, he delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. If he delivered you before, if he delivered you through some things that you struggle with way in the past, don't allow yourself to distrust God right now, but allow yourself to know that he will deliver you again. He is with you throughout this whole walk until you go see him again. So we can take comfort in the fact that we can be thankful, that we can understand that we will not fall, 
and we can walk in his life because of the cross of Jesus Christ, because him dying for us and us living within him and his Holy Spirit will always be there to capture us through our time of suffering. In ending, maybe you are David. Maybe you're the individual where it seems like you know that the people whom you love has turned their back on you and pursuing you with evil. Maybe you're the individual who is encamped by the enemy. You know, COVID-19, the new normal, and all those particular things are weighing you down. Maybe you're the individual that's going through the extreme suffering, which is a part of this walk in life. What you need to know is while you're going through that suffering, God is right there with you. He, he has bottled your tears. He's wrote it in his book. He knows your wanderings and under understand that you can trust in him because he will not let you fall. All you have to do is remember the fact that he delivered you once before and he will deliver you again. And by his cross, we can walk in life. But if that is a little too hard for you to grasp, let me make it simple. See, I grew up in a place in a context within the African-American church. And one of the songs we used to sing when we were going through suffering what was a song that is so simple. Now, now during this song, right, it's not this theological sound, verse-for-verse verse song. It's, it's not this beautiful Picasso picture uh, of what we think music should be. But it's a simple tempo and a beat. And all we do is repeat these words. The first words that we repeat is, I'm going to stay on the battlefield until I die. I'm going to stay on the battlefield. I'm going to stay on the battlefield. I'm going to stay on the battlefield until I die. We say that because we understand that we're within a battle, that suffering is going to happen in being a good soldier of Christ. The second verse we go on to say is that, hey, hey, maybe the battle is weighing us down, so we're going to treat everybody right. And then we say we're going to treat everybody right. We're going to treat everybody right. We're going to treat everybody right until I die. See, when you're suffering and you're losing the battle, the first thing that you tend to deal with is anger, and you tend, you tend to deal with the isolation and things that come with it. So you have to remind yourself, even in that moment, I'm not going to do evil for evil. I'm going to treat everyone right. But this is the third part. This is the part where you see people sit on the seat, put their hands together, maybe bow their heads down, maybe they start waving their hands, you see tears coming down. And the third part is, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord until I die. See, when society is pushing you down, when the suffering got you all messed up in, in this battle that we do for Jesus Christ, when it gets too heavy and we feel like we're losing the war and our anger is bubbling up and, and we feel like we can't treat everybody right, what gets us back in focus is I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I can't do anything else. I can't say anything else. But with these tears, I'm going to trust you. So, whether you're doing dishes, whether you're on the patio, whether you're in your room just trying to catch your breath and get a moment, whether the emotional state is weighing down on you, maybe your marriage seems a little broken, what you need to do 
with tears of joy because God is right there with you. Just start saying to yourself, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord until I die. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, just grateful for your word. Grateful for the fact that you love us enough, Father God, that you give us words of encouragement, that you allow us to come each and every day before you in your mercy and your grace. We can bring those things that are bothering us, that are weighing us down. We can confess them and you'll be just and forgive us of our sins. But not only do you do this, Father God, you bring some. Psalms like this, Psalm 56, which encourages us to trust in you, in your word I praise, in the God I trust. What can men do unto me? Father God, let us have an ultimate trust in you. Let us hold on to your unchanging hand at this very moment, at this very second, right now, because we understand that we need you. That things are happening that are out of our control, Father God, and we need a loving Savior to take care of us. We love you, Father. We need you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.